0: You're listening to the Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by the Taste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining me here on this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's show we visit Sonas Health Food Store to talk to Rosemary Bennis about ghee, bread and eggs. We return to Bloom to hear about the Fruit Juice Matters award-winning garden by designer Kevin Dennis. And if you're lucky enough to be planning a holiday at the moment, Teresa Gancedo from the Spanish Tourism Office will tantalise our taste buds talking about the food tourism industry in Spain. If at any point you'd like to get in touch with me here at the show, you can drop me an email to s.nunan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. Now, our first guest on tonight's show is a regular, Rosemary Bennis, proprietor of Saunas Health Food Shop in the heart of Newcastle West, County Limerick. A visit there last week turned our attention to ghee, bread and eggs. Let's have a listen.
0: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
1: Delicious. Mmm. Rosemary, we're going to talk about a couple of new products and a couple of existing products that you have here in the store. And the first one is a ghee. Yes.
2: OK, so ghee, some people might know of it. Um, in this country, we love our butter and we're blessed to have good butter. So it's just clarified butter. That's what ghee is. And by that, it just means that the the, the, mil- the, the solid and the liquid is separated. You heat it. It's It's not that difficult to make, actually. You heat it. The solids drop to the bottom, the liquid surfaces. You pour off the liquid, and then your solid is called your ghee. And I suppose it's a more stable fat. That's the biggest thing about it. It's a very saturated fat, but um, it just isn't affected by temperature to the extent of even... Like butter is good to cook with, but it will smoke if it's too hot, whereas ghee will take the heat a lot more. So it's a brilliant cooking fat. There's no transfer of fatty acids or in a negative way or anything any damage done in the heat and um, it's got gorgeous flavour um, it is purer you know it is literally it's a purer product flavour is beautiful this is made by um, a girl in County Louth woman Sophie Van Dyke and her she's got a beautiful brand name it's called dollop which it's a very clever brand name it's lovely simple jar and you just literally use a dollop in your pan in your basting roasting it's gorgeous i i love it for cooking and um, you could blend it with coconut oil you could have it maybe start it off and then maybe add a bit of olive oil later or you could just finish off and brown whatever you're roasting or basting and um, but it's a really lovely product um it's our it origin originates in ayurveda in which is the herbal and holistic healing system in india and they would have a big um for people who would be kind of nervy, shall we say, if that makes sense, you know, if you're kind of more finely tuned, if you're lighter, if you're more prone to dry skin and um, stress and strain, you know, feel nerves a bit more stretched, that sort of thing, they would say, they would promote the use of more dense, nourishing, um, nutritious foods to help to ground you. So it's a lovely concept, you know, um, and they would always recommend using ghee for that reason and funny mm-hmm. you should
1: mention India there because you have a range of products from the green saffron from Arun Kapil I think that's the name that's right and the instructions on the back of that for making the curries it's always about using ghee that's right
2: and he like um, they their blend of dry spices a lot of people know them they came to the fore through markets farmers markets literally probably 20 years ago now actually and then they've rebranded lately the really bright attractive packages and they do like fresh spice blends that he's linked to his family in india and there's a he's got a great supply chain going on but um yeah he always says that melt your ghee fry your onions garlic ginger that's the base for all their curries basically um they're bombay potatoes which is a fab one Really, really beautiful, and you can actually do cook this, cook um, cauliflower with these as well, and it's gorgeous. But he uses a tonnegie to the point where he actually says, "I think when the pack is gone, this seems like a lot." But trust me, it's, it'll be all the better for it. And he's right; he's right. So um, it's well worth using. It gives a great flavour as well. The green saffron there—I can see a number of them on the shelf. Like there's, there's quite an extensive range there. There is, yeah, there is, and then they they also do the ready-to-cook um, sauces in the jar. But I do think the dry spices are. The step
1: above but they're handy if you're stuck for time and can't be chopping
2: the dry the sauces will do
1: i think the the spice blends as well you have a great sense of accomplishment if you use the you know if you do fry up the onions and do it all from scratch you, you, you really feel you've made a wonderful dish by yeah yourself.
2: that's right and it feeds a lot i mean you get a big pot of curry you could even freeze half of it so it's a great one we find a lot of people for events around any time of year really but if you're having a bit of a group over, if this communions or a christening or a party or something, get a few packets of that and do a few pots of curry make one meaty make one veggie you know it's it solves a lot so yeah they're beautiful yeah they're a really lovely product but the Bombay potatoes is interesting I think it's really good because um, it kind of marries two great Irish loves
1: potatoes and butter absolutely <laughs> yeah and just to come back to the ghee then um, you use it in a very unusual way here in a coffee that's right we do we put it in what's called bulletproof coffee
2: and um, bulletproof coffee well it doesn't make you bulletproof but it, the idea is that you blend fat with coffee um, which sounds awesome but if you think about it, a latte or a cappuccino is fat in the milk, same idea. Um, you blend your fat with coffee and uh, it gives it a creamy texture but it also slows the release of the caffeine and gives it a lot of body that sort of sustains you and holds you. So it's kind of um, it's an interesting one. I, I You get to really like it actually. Um usually take it without eating, just have it like first thing and it'll hold you then till later on in the day. Um, but uh, the ghee is gorgeous in it because this particular one, uh, the Dollop brand, it has this gorgeous um, butterscotch flavour, it's almost caramelly when you just sniff out of the jar even there's a caramel toasty flavour. So put a spoon of that in, put in a spoon or dollop shall we say, a spoon of coconut oil, you blend it with um, an espresso and top it up with how much water you want. Really nice.
1: Okay, I'll have to give that a go. <laughs> um, you're talking about the caramelised flavour of it then, is it good for baking? I possibly is. I actually don't know. So I haven't tried it for baking yet. But probably, probably
2: would be. I think you'd find your your thing that it would suit quite well. But um, I thought it was lovely now in the in the drink because you really got the flavour. But yeah, it could be very nice in baking. I haven't tried it myself. It's more I've done more like sit, you know dinner cooking, and it's really good, really good.
1: And I suppose you could put it on bread then if you wanted to put it on to bread if you like the flavour of it by itself. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you have fabulous bread here Did by. We? Siobhan and Jeff, who are in the market every That's Thursday right. and Saturday in Newcastle West. That's right, Jeff Glue, he's our G L O U X,
2: he's our um, resident Breton who's moved to Limerick many years ago to, with his wife Siobhan, who's from Limerick. And they have a long history in um, food catering and chefing and cooking in Limerick. Jeff would have, um, they would both have worked actually um, cooking in the Green Onion, which was a renowned Limerick eatery, kind of ahead of its time really, um, and subsequent places. And since then they've decided they just like to produce their own key niche goods and sell them at market. So they we're lucky they come twice a week here, Thursdays and Saturdays to the Square. Um, Jeff is, um, I wouldn't call him a baker as such, but he's really drawn to sourdough. He got really into it and he makes a fabulous sourdough bread and it's really become renowned now. He sells out every day Every day he's here. Um, they also do a range of sweet and savoury baking. Siobhan would make like coconut and walnut muffins and they do a lemon drizzle. They do kind of Breton style cakes. They do just niche little things and then Jeff make, makes fabulous soups very good savouries there's um, a smoked mackerel pâté bits and bobs just stuff they're drawn to but really nice quality they, they know their food um, the sourdough is, is really fabulous it's really really good quality and of course sourdough is a fermented bread it is it's very good for the gut it is so basically it takes time jeff would he did a talk with us before and he talked us all through it and we all had even more uh, respect for him after it because it's not that it's difficult but the time is so you like it's about a three-day process and um, you mix your flour jeff uses organic flour which is i think really important because people underestimate what sprays go onto their daily bread basically and um, so it's a whole wheat white flour with a little bit of rye and um, and it's left with some water to make a starter. That ferments as natural yeast in the air and it just sort of gets a bit bubbly. And then after that, a portion of that is used as the raising agent in your flour mix. So um, it's just given time and attention. You turn it, you you knead it
1: over three days and then some alchemy happens in the oven and this beautiful bread comes out I think if you're a very zen person it can be very therapeutic to absolutely. make it
2: absolutely I think Jeff is he yeah it's, it's not for the person who likes instant gratification but then you can come and buy it so that'll do but if you, if you like the, the process yeah yeah and um, the digestibility is the huge benefit and that's why a lot of people can use sourdough bread and suffer no bloating or any of the common problems people get from the sort of denatured wheat that we have now on our shelves a lot and um, people find that they just it tolerate, it, it sits really well because actually what's happened is in the fermentation process, the proteins in the in the grains have been broken down and literally when it comes to our gut it's a very simple process and it's not taxing so it's great for someone with a sensitive tummy or with weak digestion or someone who loves their bread but finds that it kills them you know
1: so um, it's a lovely, lovely flavour. We'd be huge fans of this bread in our house. Hannah, my daughter, has really bad eczema and she she loves the flavour of it. And what I find is now it doesn't last very long in the house, but if it is there a few days, like it, it doesn't go steel. No, not at all. And I, I think it's even nicer toasted. And then you can always,
2: I like, you can keep some shredded into breadcrumbs to have it for a stuffing or something as well. But you're right,
1: yeah, you'd never have it wasted. Yeah, yeah. And you were talking there about the organic flour and and the difference that that makes. And yeah. you have new you've a new range of eggs. I do and they're certified organic. They, yeah, we're really pleased about this because I was hoping to get
2: them for a while, but just I just wasn't um, near enough to the supplier. But luckily, he's come to me now, which is great. So a man called Niall Moynihan in Bui in North Cork, which isn't too far from here, but um, he has um, a range of organic eggs. His com- it's called Dannon Organics. But um, just fabulous, really, really good eggs. And you might say, sure, an egg is an egg, but actually it isn't. And like, we do have some very good um, free-range eggs here. We have Turna eggs, and people will know Gary's eggs, and they're great. Um, I suppose this is just one step further. Um, it's actually, the, the, he's gone ahead, and it's certified organic, so he pays for that um, that accountability and that um, the, the, the assessment and the inspection that comes with our organic certification. So his feed is... In what the hens are feeding on is organic there'll be no GM content in the corn which is to be honest every most corn products are GM now and soy they would all be GM. Um, so they'd be free of GM and also the, the space um, criteria there's a lot more there's more space given it's just kind of like plus and extra really um, but I just think the flavor in the eggs that sells itself. You just try them and they're
1: beautiful eggs. What yeah. struck me about these eggs was the size of them. They yeah. look really big to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are, they're, they're a nice go-go. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they're nice, yeah. But I'm really pleased with them. You know, they mightn't suit everyone. Um, Their price point's a little higher, obviously, because there's more involved. So you mightn't use them necessarily for your batch of baking, but I think to really enjoy a nice poached egg or a quick scrambled egg supper, or a fried egg on top of your dinner, be gorgeous. You really appreciate them. I, I think they're well worth trying. They um, they have a lovely deep yolk colour, and they hold their shape great. So well worth trying Dan and Organics they're kind of um, they're, the little box is nice they open lengthways as opposed to the usual the usual direction so
1: um, and we get weekly deliveries every Tuesday okay fantastic and as you say it's all about the flavour with some of these items that people might not appreciate until you know if you're a regular eater of poached eggs or boiled eggs you will notice a difference in this
2: I literally would put money on it yeah I would I really do think you would and equally with the sourdough you know at the start it can be a slightly there's just a slightly different taste and there's a texture you have to chew a little bit more it's just but you get to the point where you think God how did I ever eat the other I'm not being precious I mean I'll eat what's put in front of me and I'm always glad to have it but when you kind of have when you're introduced to the, the the taste and the depth of flavor you really get to appreciate
1: it so they're well worth looking out absolutely yeah well a whole range of fantastic products to add to the already existing fantastic range that you have here well, we try our best
2: it's great i love having things like these and they're very usable do you know they're not odd products they're daily staples really so you know nice to try well thanks so much for telling me about them today pleasure Sharon.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by the Taste.ie, Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine.
1: Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, I was in Sona's health food shop with Rosemary Bennis talking about some new products and some not so new but still equally as exciting. If you're just tuning in and you missed that interview, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website. voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. Still to come tonight, we'll be inspired to put Spain on our to-visit list this year, thanks to the country's unique culinary attributes. But before that, we are returning to Bloom by Bia to meet award-winning designer Kevin Dennis and Orla Shinnok at the Fruit Juice Matters Garden to find out about their garden, which was designed to be a sanctuary for young professionals to enjoy a healthy way of life. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Orla, Fruit Juice Matters has a garden here at Bloom for the first time. Tell us what exactly the initiative is.
3: So Fruit Juice Matters is a pan-European educational initiative. It's being rolled out across 14 countries in Europe, uh, Ireland included. And it's an educational initiative to share the scientific research behind the health benefits of consuming 100% OJ. And why did you decide to take a garden at Bloom this year? We decided to take a a garden at Bloom because... um, Fruit Juice Matters is all about natural, pure, fruit juice um, and like the, the natural foliage in, in the garden we can reflect the the healthy ways of life um, that uh, an OJ drinker has in, in consuming OJ.
1: And there's lots of oranges featuring in the garden like they're even growing here in the garden yeah. which is amazing. This weather, this climate at the moment is just perfect for it.
3: Yeah, that's right. It really it, it's a stunning weekend and we're delighted because obviously, um, you know, oranges are in, in full bloom in, in the likes of brazil or whatever so it really is it's reflective of the the roots of this uh, of this initiative stemming from uh, the farmers in brazil to kind of um orchard owners in in donegal in ireland Whenever you decided to write the brief then for the designer, were there specific details
1: in it that you passed on to him?
3: Yes, absolutely. Of course, we wanted the colour of orange, uh, the vibrancy to be present in the garden, but beyond that, our initiative is all about health and well-being and balanced consumption of fruit juice. So we wanted you know, nice touch points of orange built into the garden, but also um, we wanted to, to promote a healthy lifestyle. So we have bicycles on show we have yoga mats as well so it's all about that balance of you know consuming fruit juice consuming vegetables doing exercise those are the messages we wanted to communicate
1: is there one aspect of the garden that is your favorite that's a real standout point for you
3: um, I personally love the the fire pit area. I think it's it's really bespoke and and aesthetically you know gorgeous. And I think when the fire is lighting and you know you're enjoying a small glass of 150ml um, orange juice, it's it's a lovely scenic place to be.
1: Kevin, you're the designer. There's a, a very distinctive theme in this garden. Tell us what it is.
4: Well, the theme is uh, this garden has been designed as an urban sanctuary for young professionals who want to enjoy a healthy lifestyle. Um, The garden has been designed with uh, cutting edge materials and I've used architectural clean lines to inspire people towards design hoping that they would be more inspired, inspired to develop their own garden spaces.
1: One of the things that struck me immediately was the very straight clean lines from the paving the water feature the furniture you have a lovely sunroom there as well and you were telling me those are architecturally clean lines
4: yes like because we put an angle on the zen space room there and angles on all the water features it's much more difficult to build of course but 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 it's inspiring that it isn't the kind of run the mill shapes you know it's it's architectural in the sense that like, it's a contemporary uh, architectural building, and we've got contem- contemporary uh, concrete structures here. The angles of the building here, which I've developed, I've designed this building here called Zen Space, and I've, I find that by putting the building in the garden, it's going to make it used all year round. So rather than just build something straightforward and simple, we made it difficult and we built angles with sloped glass as a kind of inspirational and I think all these strong angles within the water feature and clean lines do make people feel like, hey, this is a cool garden. You know, this is somewhere I'd like to have my own home. You know, can we have that? And the answer is yes.
1: Because all the different elements of it are very in keeping with the Irish conditions here. Sometimes we are inspired to plant things on a nice sunny day that aren't going to really last in the garden. But you've really taken that into account. This is a garden that could go anywhere in Ireland and it would work anywhere in Ireland.
4: Yes, of course it is. And all all the plants are Irish grown, you know, and it can be sourced here in Ireland. I like with, with, with their deciduous trees they come back every year we have evergreen structures in here with the box hedge and balls that, that, that you know they form uh, you know structural parts of the garden and say they're all year round but the hardy perennials like salvias and trolleys they're coming back every year giving you brand new plants I mean what value is that?
1: And the zen room then you're talking about the glass in it the way it's at a slant even on the worst Irish day you can sit in there and look out and enjoy your garden
4: Absolutely, the, the room is, is a steel structure, it's fully insulated and has power and lighting. So, you, I mean, if you're going to work at home, what, what better way to go out or sit in there, put your, put your desk in front of the window, frame your garden, take it all in, and you, you'll be far more productive.
1: I spent a lot of time working at home, and by God, I'd love to be sitting in there working every day, I can tell you, and looking out at this fabulous garden furniture that you have, which, again, there's no storage issue with it. You can leave it out all year round. Just tell us about the materials that were used to make it.
4: This is quite an interesting set of furniture here. It's made from a glass fibre reinforced concrete, which is a lighter concrete, environmentally friendly. We're using It uses less concrete to make the structure strong. And, and, and durable, but it's very contemporary. It's very stylishly finished, and the, the work, the detail that went into the building, this is is phenomenal.
1: And tell me about the this piece here. It's it's like a fire for night time
4: Yeah, the fire in the centre of the rectangular fire pit is uh, it's not gas; it's bioethanol fuel. So you, you 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 fill the the trough in the middle with fuel, and then you light it, and, it, and the flame comes up. But but you just it's easily put out.
1: And just sitting beside it then you have the fabulous bowl of oranges and oranges feature quite a lot in, in the garden in terms of the fruit, the planters, the colour.
4: Orange is a running team for the Fruit Juice Matters garden. So I brought the orange into the garden in general through uh, various aspects. But one strong element would be in the planting. So I've used very simple planting palette of Trollius Golden Queen and GM Coy, they're my orange plants, and then I've salvia caradona as a vibrant purple to contrast against the orange. So the purple and orange team runs wraps right around the garden and is softened by nice steeper grasses and uh, box hedging.
1: Like, there is a great sense of tranquility here in, in the garden, but at the same time I could also see myself with a gang of friends enjoying a nice cool glass of wine
4: you certainly could it's that type of space you know where you could be here reading and relaxing and that's something when a garden is well designed that's what you get from it
1: and earlier today you had yoga here I believe
4: yeah we had we had a yoga girl here performing yoga which was just to highlight the the benefits of the health that the garden is about healthy lifestyle
1: and health and well being is something that you're very passionate about whenever it comes to designing a garden
4: i believe so i believe that like we we all know kind of the obvious benefits of gardening as it is good physically good for you to get out there and and work in the garden but we underestimate the mental benefits that 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 the gardening can bring to you you know can fight depression It can reduce stress and certainly lift your mood and being in a garden sometimes just makes makes you stop you know be more present in the moment I think with younger generations coming up now that we're all addicted to the technology and it's technology driven, That like we, we need to kind of step back from that. And I think the garden is that one place that, that that could happen.
1: And you have a couple of bicycles here, but you have a very practical storage solution for them.
4: Yeah, we have, uh, we have these great um, storage bicycle area where, where the bikes are on racks. They're, they're up out of the way, so you can take your bike, you know, hang it on the wall on our steel structural wall just pop the bikes up on the wall saunter into the garden and they're there if you just want to grab a hold of them saunter out to the shops whatever they're out of the way uh, and it's, it's very simple but very effective
1: whenever it comes to designing a garden of this nature what is the biggest challenge for you as a designer
4: usually i put function first and that means I've got to break a garden down into the spaces as a requirement. After, of course, talking to clients and seeing what their requirements are. But usually it's the scale of the space broken down, into, uh, first of all. So when I, when I design a garden to whatever style it might be, I find certain amounts of space allocated in certain areas, then I refine it from there.
1: And at this time of the year, whenever we are experiencing the fine weather, people might be inspired to go out and make a change in their garden. What is the best piece of advice that you could give to somebody that's looking out to the garden and thinks, "Yeah, I want to overhaul it and redesign it"? Apart from get your number and phone you, of course. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I suppose where where do you start there? Like, I mean, most, really, most people, like. When, when, you, when they stand back and look at their garden and say, like, did we design it right in the first place? Like, is the shed in the sunniest spot? You know, like, first of all, you know, you follow the sun pattern and you kind of, uh, you develop your design around that. Like, if it's west facing, you're going to put the patio facing the west, so it's going to get the sun going down in the evenings, and then you'll, you'll put your function, that's what I mean by put function first, you'll put the place that you're going to use right and then you'll develop the lawns or the planting areas and all the other areas in the garden.
1: I personally feel that it's useful to be living in a house and using the garden for a year or two before you actually go at designing it so that you do get it right. Because my personal experience of doing a nice patio in Mm. our garden was that we had used it for a couple of years and I was like, yeah, we have to take it out round here because this is where we always ended up with the table and chairs and not to have a small, piddly little patio that the table and chairs fitted onto, and that was it, like just to give a nice bit of room there on it.
4: No, you're 100% right there, and that's what you need to live in a space to know how the sun moves, how you use it practically. Yeah, and initially, some people think you automatically pave outside your house and the extension, but if it's in a shaded area, you're paving in the shade when you would be better off pulling back the hard landscaping, putting shade tolerant plants that you could look out onto. You know, when you're looking out at the planting, there's nothing as nice as that all year round. So you're lighting up the shade there. But then you're putting your resources in the right areas that practically are going to use it. So, yeah, you're right. Living in a space, you get to know it.
1: If people want to get in touch with you, to talk to you about getting designed on, do you have a website there that we can direct them to?
4: Yeah, my website is cityscapegardener.ie.
1: Fantastic. Lovely to talk to you, Kevin. Best of luck now with the judging.
4: Thanks very much.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan Sponsored by thetaste.ie Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine
1: Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we heard about the award winning Fruit Juice Matters Garden at Bloom by designer Kevin Dennis which ended up being awarded a gold medal so congratulations for that if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on Best Possible Taste, you can do so on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website. voted Ireland's Best Online Digital Food and Drink magazine. Now, last weekend, Taste of Dublin took place in Ivy Gardens and I was lucky enough to pay a visit. I talked to a number of individuals when I was there and one such person was Teresa from the Spanish Tourism Office. I also got to taste some wine and food. Let's have a listen.
0: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
1: Delicious. Mm. Teresa,
4: you're here with the Spanish Tourism Office
1: promoting a specific area of Spain at Taste of
5: Dublin. Tell us about the region you're here promoting. Ah, hi, thank you for inviting us to your program. Uh, we are uh, promoting here the destination of Galicia, right in the northwest part of Spain. Um, this is a region that has really uh, clear connections with uh, Ireland uh, because of their uh, Celtic roots. And probably because of also the Atlantic weather, so it makes really a good connection with Ireland. And we have an amazing um, uh, sample of, of products coming from Galicia. Uh, their specialty is in seafood. There, there is an amazing richness of, of seafood in that region. All of uh, all of Spaniards go there just to, you know, have uh, and enjoy all the all their seafood there. Also, nice meat, but. Um, so you can enjoy here in a in a, in this um, in our stand? I
1: think there's no better recommendation for an area than the fact that the locals or the other people from other parts of the country go to it. So that's mm. a great recommendation and endorsement for it. Yeah. Spain I think is very well known for its food tourism, like it's well known for its tapas, its tavernas, its its lovely wine and sherry. What
5: specific wines do you have here today for people to try? Um, from Galicia we have Ribeiro and Rias vices denomination of origin, which are white wines that are really amazing, very good combination with uh, seafood. This is Ribeiro, so you can try it on. We are here. And, and how do you say We say <laughs> Sláncha, how do you say it? Uh, salud. 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 Salud, is, salud is literally Sláncha, so it's great. How's your feeling? Yeah, it's lovely. And there's a lovely aroma from it. Yes, yeah, kind of fruity, it but is, at yeah. the same time um, dry. And um, yeah, it's a super good combination for seafood or fish. Well, for everything, some aperitif so whatever you you feel like. It. Yeah, The reds are also from the region of Galicia. OK, uh, there is one that is uh, not from Galicia, but from Rioja. So very nice. This is a sweet one and this is a dry one for for having food okay. because of course spain would be very well known for its rioca yes and these are true red, to red. Mm. i mean in the in the area of, of galicia there are also also very good wines and you ha- can have like a route of wineries down there and it's very nice to go there to find accommodation even in the winery you can experience the the way they, they make the wine and then of course taste it or buy it or whatever. Yeah.
1: You have lovely food to go with the wines today. Tell yes. us about some of the foods that you Yeah, we
5: have uh, for tasting uh, different pâtés of, of seafood, uh, like uh, like a small shrimp that is called Camarón, so the pâté done with it, and then the pâté of, of Nécora, that is uh, the um, how you call it, spider crab, uh, and then the big one uh, that is tentoyo. okay? This is a diffi- difficult, different types of patés done by seafood. But also you can have croquetas. Uh, these are uh, baggy ones or chicken croquetas. And then, of course, the paella. This is paella, this is a typical dish of Spain, uh, originally from the area of, of, of Valencia and Alicante. There will be you know different opinions about which paella is best in between the locals of course Uh, but yeah it's a it's very typical dish of spanish any any spaniard living abroad will do uh, a big paella and invite their friends around it's like barbecue for you we do paella (laughs) is that like the number one traditional spanish dish a paella um i I think it's one of the, yeah, one of the references go- worldwide, uh, by, yeah, but also there are, you know, the references, of course, our ham is, um, is, is a reference, because it's really very good one, uh, like habugo, that is the one that you do it from the pigs that are fitted with uh, um, corns, um, uh, and it's very nice. You know that the receipt of or the way of doing the ham um, comes from the Roman times. Okay. So that's one of the, our heritage, yeah. and uh, we have the combination of culture in gastronomy because of all the cultures that we are living in uh, Spain, like Arabs, like Romans, like Celt- Celtics, So all this combination of cultures make up uh, our gastronomy so rich. In the different regions, we have a typical. This, uh, for example, in the, up in the north, in Asturias, you can find the typical fabada stew, that is the, the white bean um, stew, or down there in Madrid, in my land, in my, my city, you can have the cocido uh, madrileño, that is the chickpea stew, also very popular. So every different region has uh, their speciality. And yeah, the thing is to enjoy and experience all of them. I was talking
1: to Nevin Maguire recently, you know he's Ireland's favorite chef and he he visited Spain recently to film a program. Sure, in Andalucía. And he was talking about how amazing the food was and in particular he was talking about the black pig.
5: Yes, exactly, that is um is very well known there in in Huelva. It's one of the denomination of origin of our ham. They're in in Huelva, in the south of Andalucia. And we look
1: forward to seeing that program later in the year because that'll be a fantastic way to promote Spain and all its culinary. Yeah, I think there will
5: be at least six chapters uh, done in uh, all through the region of Andalusia. It, it's going to be very interesting to see all the all the food and all, all the gastronomy all through the region. Yeah.
1: How important is the Irish market to Spanish tourism? There's
5: lots of Irish people go to Spain every year.
1: Well in fact it's the number
5: one destination for vacations of the Irish people. This last year uh more than two million Irish visit and had vacations in Spain which if you have an, an account that uh, the censored population in Ireland is 4 million and 200, I mean, it's, it's a big number, right? Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's the first uh, destination for vacations for the IELTS.
1: And in terms of food tourism then, are there special type trips that people can go on and tours?
5: Are there cookery schools the same as we would have here in Ireland? Sure, you have uh, cookery schools in, uh, in different parts of Spain, especially in País Vasco, in um, San Sebastián, for example. But also you can enjoy as a tourist like uh, amazing routes, wine routes, all through through our geography. Like uh, you can uh, visit Rio, you can visit also in Catalonia amazing uh, wineries there. Of course, in in Basque region, in País Vasco region. And in Galicia, that is the region we are promoting here in, in Taste of Dublin. Uh, that you can enjoy Rias vices uh, tour, and all the wineries there are really amazing. It's a must. Uh,
1: and the Camino in Spain has really taken off. I hear more and more about it from various different people from all walks of life.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes, in fact, it's, um, I think we get some more artists doing the Camino than other nationality and there's a close connection in between doing the camino and enjoying also the gastronomy all through it you know that in the galicia part when you arrive to santiago also and then in, 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 just in the region you can enjoy the empanada gallega that is type of pie that you can find it with with uh, different you know um, uh, type of food inside like it could be done with uh, tuna or with with, well, it's always with peppers, that's for sure, onion, and you can enjoy also uh, meat uh, pie, empanada gallega, that's a must. Um, and also, for example, you have uh, an amazing uh, sweet tart that is called Santiago tart so it's very easy to re- re- remember <laughs> and it's done with almonds and it's so so nice so smooth and is also a reference there in the gastronomy of galicia and doing the camino you will enjoy at the end an amazing tarta de santiago of course always with a nice wine. Of course. Of the, the, the wine is essential
1: yeah. and today you have a collaboration with the Port House. Yes. So they're serving up lots of different tapas type dishes here to go with the wines yeah. and they keep yeah. dropping. Here is, the,
5: here is the sample. You can enjoy the pulpo a la gallega that is the octopus done in a Galician way. That's the connection with our promotion of of Galicia, and then different uh, dishes, as we were commenting, and you can see here and enjoy the paella, and the croquettes, and you know, this is are the three tapas that uh, they are offering today. Well, today and all through the weekend. Yeah. And if you were
1: cooking at home for friends or family, what would your favorite Spanish dish be to cook? What's your go-to
5: speciality? Well, it depends on uh, on the moment or the event or what you are planning. You know, Spanish or Spaniards like a lot of, of fish. We use a lot of fish and uh, I do love fish. So I will do maybe, a, I don't know, in the oven, uh, one of the sea or whatever. Or I will offer the chickpea stew. Because I'm from Madrid, so. <laughs> Chickpeas, yeah. Oh, but okay. I always do a combination, like you offer, for example, a cocido, or like the appetizers, a ham, you know, and um, also clams, you know, that um, just boiled and with a little bit of lemon. Uh, by the way, there will be a show cooking this this evening here in the Taste of Dublin with a chef coming from Okorobe, that is a small village in the Galicia region. They are promoting the seafood festival in October there. and. I can tell you, this is a must. This is a must. This is a, it's something to go and enjoy this festival. So, if you are coming this evening to Taste of Dublin, I will re- really recommend you to attend to the show cooking he's gonna uh, do and uh, enjoy their food. I, this is because I was remembered yesterday doing the, the, you know, the clams and all these small dishes of, of seafood. And uh, for example, but you can, you will, I will also have in, in the table um, a, a, s- a slice of bread with uh, with tomato, you know, and a little bit of olive oil on it, like a, a Catalan style, like um, pantumaca, that's what how it's called in, in Catalan. So it's very nice to enjoy this with the combination of the ham as appetizer, for example.
1: It all sounds delicious. I would very much like to be a guest yes. you now at your table thanks so much for all of these lovely goodies today I'm looking forward to trying them now and the festival in October sounds amazing so we must get more information about that closer to the time you might do another interview with the same in the meantime if people want to find out more about Spain and what it has to offer what's your web address
5: Uh, our web address is uh, www.spaininfo.es and our office the Spanish tourist office is in Damien Street and you just um, uh, write to, to our uh, main um, email box and we will answer any any questions or any requests or help you with uh, the plan of your travel to Spain. Thank you very much. Okay, well, all remains to say is gracias, Teresa, Gracias and,
3: and salud. salud.
5: salud.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Chin chin. Salud.
1: And that was Teresa from the Spanish Tourism Office bringing us to the end of tonight's programme and making me want to plan a trip to Spain to experience the wonderful food and drink that is synonymous with the country. Thanks again to all of this evening's guests, Rosemary Bennis, Kevin Dennis, Orla Shinnick and Teresa Gancedo. Thanks to you for listening and don't forget to get in touch with your food and drink news, recipes and events. Email me s.noonan at live.ie. Until next time, bon appétit.
0: Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at QueenOfOrg as in Queen of Organisation. Bon Appetit!